So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. When someone says haunted house, what do you think? There's all sorts of haunted houses or different types of haunted houses or I guess levels of haunting. You know, there's some where it's like it's a 10 and it's raining stones outside at night and your wife is getting possessed uh, and the cats, you know, eating the dog. That's a 10. Um, Then there's one where it's, you know, slight footsteps every now and then maybe some weird knocking but that's about it the thing is with anything a slow build can be very unnoticeable it's the whole you know frog in the pot of boiling water when it starts at a one and then maybe it gets to a little bit of two maybe eventually three four sometimes you you don't really notice the gravity in which things increase until you find yourself standing in your driveway in the middle of the night, hyperventilating, because things just got too far out of control. It's exactly what happens in our next story. Take a listen. At the age of eight, I lived in Milwaukee, Oregon. My parents divorced to move the family to Milwaukee from Oregon City, following a big promotion for my dad at his job. My two brothers were excited about the new place, and my parents were the happiest I had seen them in a long time. Everything was going great. I was excited myself because our new house was much bigger than our last, and I finally got my own room. 
I'd previously shared a room with my older brother, which was fine, but limited my personal space quite a bit. In our new place, my older brother shared a room with my younger brother, who had just outgrown his crib at the age of two. My older brother was cumbersomely tasked with policing the little guy, making sure he did not run around at night sticking metal things into the wall sockets. My room was small, but at least it was mine. Yes, everything was going great. We lived in a small road that ended with a cul-de-sac. Our street dropped down a hill from the main road and was littered with about 30 houses. Six months after moving in, I was getting accustomed to the new neighborhood. I'd made friends with three different kids on the street and knew at least five more. There were a lot of young kids around and I was happy to have so much company. There was a boy down near the end of the street that I traded baseball cards with after school some days. His dad was loud and a bit of a drunk. I went to school with the girl across the street. I was close friends with the kid who lived next door. He was the same age as me. Sometimes we would race our bikes through the small passageway that led to the park behind my house. There was a little narrow easement that was snugly hidden between two yards near the center of the street. The park was gigantic and bled into the local schoolyard less than a half mile behind my house. Occasionally, strange things would happen in the house. It was never anything dangerous or imposing, mostly subtle and unnoticeable. Sometimes at night, there'd be softly shuffling footsteps in the hallway. The steps would slowly traverse and length of the hall stop and then steadily return the other direction. They did not go on all night either, just down or back once in a night. If the subject of the footsteps came up at breakfast the next day, nobody would say they had been up that late. We briefly discussed the possibility of the house being haunted. We even joked about a friendly ghost. I heard rustling sounds in the attic above me on several occasions when I was lying in my bed. Once, when we got home from school, all the frightened pictures on the mantle above the fireplace were turned around, facing the wall. Books occasionally would fall from the bookshelf on the family room. When we were sitting on the other side of the room, none of these things ever scared any of us. A year after moving in, it was common knowledge there was something strange happening in the house. Instead of occasionally, we started to hear the slow footsteps almost every night. They became such commonplace that we mostly stopped talking about it altogether. On more than one night, I was lying awake, unable to sleep, when I heard the shuffling footsteps outside my door in the hallway. One night, I heard the familiar sounds and built up the courage to go explore. I crept to my door silently and put my ear to the wood. I could clearly hear someone moving through the house. They were labored, slow footfalls, the steps of someone heavy set. It sounded like someone barely lifting their feet off the floor when they walked, making a slow dragging sound when they stepped forward on the carpet. When I opened the door stealthily to try to catch the person walking, the hallway was empty. I decided at the time I must have heard something else and just imagined it. Over time, I got used to the sounds and was able to ignore them altogether. It was not until halfway through our second year in the house when events began to get frightening. But my baby brother started talking a little more. He'd sometimes say things that were a little startling, even scary. He was sh very shy at the age of two, but was also very smart. He could say several things, but barely ever talked. He'd follow us bigger brothers around, clutching his sanity baby blanket, one thumb thrust into his mouth. One night when my older brother was babysitting the two of us, my little bro said something odd. The older brother was in the family room watching TV, and the younger was with me in the kitchen. 
and was doing math homework while he worked diligently on a Fraggle Rock coloring book. Even at his young age, he was quite the artist. I remember struggling on a particularly frustrating problem and wanting to give up. I took a break to go over to the refrigerator for some chocolate milk. I grabbed the carton and poured myself a glass. I was about to put it away when I thought of my little brother. He would undoubtedly want a glass. I turned back around to the kitchen table and looked at my brother. He was no longer sitting, but standing up, looking into the living room silently. He said nothing, but stared into the darkness of the room, which was empty, eyes wide and unblinking. I said nothing but looked at him for a moment, then at the living room door, then back to him. Finally, I asked him, What is it? He was holding a crayon in one hand. The coloring book sat quietly on the table behind him. What's wrong, buddy? Asked him again, trying to sound brave. I sat the milk down and walked over to the table, looking into the next room with him. The living room sat dark, light shut off. There was one big window on the far end of the room, but the curtains were drawn shut. It was about 10 o'clock, late night. I could see the dull shine of our china closet's glass doors sitting silently in the murky blackness at the end of the room. I looked back at my brother, and he said softly, I saw a woman walk by. My heart leapt into my throat. I swallowed it back down. What are you talking about? There's, there's nobody here but us boys, I said to him assuredly. He did not break his gaze from the empty living room. I went into the family room and my older brother was watching a VHS tape of Kindergarten Cop. When I told him what had happened, we searched the house together, finding nothing. By the time my parents got home that night, we had already forgotten about it. My little brother was fast asleep in his room. In the back of my parents' room, there was a cramped dressing room that led to a tiny half-bathroom. In the bathroom was a green porcelain toilet and a stand-up shower with glass doors. In the dressing room, my mom kept a collection of her dolls her mother had given her over the years before passing away. My mom had told me before she did that she did not really like the dolls that much. She just kept them around for sentimental value. Some of them were a little creepy. There was one that always freaked me out. It was one of those dolls that closed its eyes when it was lying down and opened them up when it sat up. It had the bulbous plastic head and a white featureless cloth body. For some reason, the doll never had clothes on. It had faded, was dusty, blonde hair pulled sharply into a tight ponytail. The head was skin-colored and painted with detail. The cheeks were rosy with blush and the eyelids were dark with makeup. When the eyelids hinged up, they lay open, gaping. The eyes had this glassy, sunken look that chilled me to the bone when I saw it. I hated it. I told my mom how creepy I thought it was and that always made her laugh. One morning before school, my mom sent me into the dressing room from the kitchen. She was preparing breakfast for us boys when she realized she needed her watch before she went to work. The watch was sitting on the cluttered counter in the back of the bedroom, just below the large mirror that dominated most of the short wall. On the left side of the counter, next to a box of jewelry, were the dolls. I came in to grab the watch and found myself staring at the dolls uncon uncontrollably. The scary doll, propped up against the flowered wallpaper, looked vacantly at me through dark, emotionless glass eyes. I looked back at the counter and grabbed my mom's watch. When I turned to leave, I glanced over my shoulder at the doll once more, and the eyes were closed. 
I stepped in mid-step and turned around. The eyes slowly slid open again. One of the eyelids stuck halfway open, giving the doll an aloof, drunken stare. My mom told me later it did that sometimes. She looked worried when she told me that. One night in early July, I had a friend come over to watch a movie. I had not sprung it on my dad yet, but I was going to ask if he could stay the night. My friend, who I'll call James, and I had been planning the stuff we were going to do after the movie, and my dad would give us the green light on the sleepover plans. We're going to sneak out late at night to go on an adventure in the park behind the house. I had a couple of flashlights ready under my bed in my room. He'd even asked his parents already and got the go-ahead. James showed up in the fading afternoon, and we immediately started playing Super Mario Brothers on my Nintendo Entertainment System. We were laughing and having a good time. At dinner, I asked my dad if James could stay the night. He flashed me a labored look and said he'd think about it. After dinner, James ran back into the family room to unpause the game where he'd left off. I was just finishing up my plate when my dad asked me to help him with the dishes. I reluctantly accepted, hoping to score some sleepover points. My brothers ran off to play with James. My mom slinked off into the bedroom to read her book. While I was drying the dishes next to my dad, he looked at me with a disappointed frown drawn across his face. You shouldn't ask to have a friend stay over while he's sitting right next to us, he said. It makes us look bad if we say no in front of him. I apologized as we finished the cleanup duty. I was sure the sleepover would be called off. I started to amble into the family room, head down. My dad stopped me and said it would be all right. James could stay over. I ran excitedly into the family room, joining James and my brothers playing games. Later that night, my older brother James and I watched Alien. At the time, I was not allowed to watch rated R movies, so I was exceptionally excited. My older brother can be quite the smooth talker and convinced my mom to let us watch it, under the condition my dad did not find out we were watching it. The three of us watched the movie together late at night while my little brother slept soundly in his room on the other side of the house. The film was frightening, especially for me being only nine years old. James was the same age as me and acted as if he had seen a million scary movies before. My older brother was 11 at the time and shrugged the whole thing off like it was a Saturday morning cartoon. After the movie was over, my brother went to bed and James and I traversed to the garage to grab two sleeping bags. At the time, I admired my friend's courage. He did not seem affected by the film we had just watched. I opened the door in the kitchen next to the refrigerator, revealing the entrance to the pitch black garage. We stood briefly on the threshold, staring into the gaping void of darkness. There's a light switch in there somewhere, James asked me shakily. I looked over at him and suddenly he did not look so tough. After all, the aliens like to hang out in dark places. I reached inside the cold opening and hooked my arm to the right, searching the wall for the switch. I found it and switched the overhead on. Suddenly, the blackness became a room and the fear subsided. For the time being. Our garage was not particularly wide. It was only made of a single car. It was, however, deep. We did not keep either of our two cars in the garage at the time. We needed the storage space. The house was outfitted with a big driveway, so we kept both cars, a gray Volkswagen, Quantum Station Wagon, and yellow Ford Maverick outside. That summer, my dad had announced plans to build an extra room in the back corner of the garage, which would become my older brother's. There were two skeletal walls comprised of bare planks standing silently in the back corner. A flat stack of sheetrock lie inside the unfinished room next to a steel toolbox and two buckets of paint. 
There was a heavy-looking roll of dark blue carpet leaning against the wall. I always had a feeling of unease being in the garage for long periods of time, so I was eager to grab the sleeping bags and be out of there, stat. I grabbed the bags and headed off to my room. The original plan had been for us to watch the movie. Then, when everyone in the house had fallen asleep, we would execute the plan, escape the house, and explore the park. When we got back to my room, we unrolled the sleeping bags and laid them out on the floor. I opted not to sleep in my bed because I felt bad about leaving James alone on the floor with the aliens. I took a couple pillows from the couch in the family room and made a nice sleeping arrangement for the both of us. James plopped down on his sleeping bag and began to take his socks off. Wait, I said. I thought we were going to sneak out. James looked timidly back at me and said he was too tired to sneak out. He just wanted to crash and maybe explore the park tomorrow morning. I could tell he was a little scared. At that moment, it dawned on me that maybe I was too scared to sneak out too. I mean, we'd have to travel to the other side of the street by ourselves, then slip through the narrow easement which had no street lights, and we would have that sea of darkness, the park, all to ourselves, and the aliens. There was no nighttime illumination in the park, so we'd have to rely on just our flashlights. Suddenly, the plan sounded a little bit crazy. I did not particularly feel like getting eaten by aliens or monsters or whatever was out there roaming through the fields at night, and I agreed to postpone our plans. That night, I awoke abruptly. It was one of those situations where I was completely disoriented for a period of 30 seconds or so. Something yet unknown had stirred me from my sleep. Normally, I slept heavily, and it would take a loud noise or good shaking to wake me up. I've been known to sleep through earthquakes, fire alarms, police sirens. This time I sat up and my head was swimming. I struggled to comprehend what time it was. I felt as if something was incredibly wrong and that feeling of urgency forced my heart rate to escalate. Why was I on the floor? All right, I'm having a sleepover. My eyes darted to my bedroom window where the Venetian blinds were cracked enough for the streetlights to filter in a weak, pale orange glow. This light was enough to see outside the house, but my room was still pitch black. I could see the fir tree in my front yard and the upper half of the streetlight on the road. Okay, it's not morning, that's for sure, I rationalized. Then I heard the footsteps in the hallway. This was a sound I was used to, so it did not particularly freak me out. I did not want to get up, so I listened. The steps shuffled from the living room in the direction of my parents' room, then slowly reached my parents' doorway at the end of the hall. Stopped for a moment, then steadily scraped back in the direction of the living room. Once they reached the end of the carpeted hall, they stopped, and it was silent again. The only sound was the quiet, rhythmic breathing of James right next to me. He was fast asleep. I sat up in my sleeping bag for a while, listening to the deafening silence and waiting for someone or something else to happen. I started to think about the movie we'd watched earlier, and a fear began to creep into my body. My mind was filled with thoughts of aliens and footsteps, and I felt the sudden urge to wake James up. I did not wake him, though. I sat and listened. When nothing happened, I finally lay back down and tried to get some sleep. My eyes were closed for a few minutes when I heard the scratchy sound, barely audible, it began to sound a little like a voice. A frustrated man mumbling to himself under his breath. Though I could not make out any words, I wondered if someone was watching TV in the family room. 
The mumblings increased in volume a bit as if it were approaching the room for some unseen angle. I began to feel the pangs of panic as the voice got louder, and soon I was flooded with adrenaline. It sounded like the voice was in my room. Suddenly, a hoarse, strained voice pleaded from only a few feet away. Why? Why did you do that? My eyes jolted open. I leapt up from the floor onto my feet. The zipper of the sleeping bag buzzed loudly open. I looked at where the sound was coming from. A silhouette stood in the window, backlit by the street lamp outside. It was only a silhouette, but I could tell it was not James. It was a broad-shouldered shape of a man or maybe a teenager. The voice was firm and strong, but not loud. It was spoken softly, but louder than a whisper. It might have been a young adult in their 20s or so. Due to the intense shock of the situation, I do not remember leaving my room or even running away. But the next thing I remember was standing in the driveway barefoot in the July night. It was not cold, but I was trembling. I was shaking uncontrollably. I looked back at the front door of the house, agape like a mouth of some great beast, and it was dark inside. I eventually built up the courage to come back into the house. As I made my way towards my room, I saw my mom standing in the hallway with the lights on. What happened, honey? She said. I heard the front door open, so I came out to see what was happening. I thought maybe you guys were sneaking out or something. I told her what had happened, and she looked intensely worried. When I was done telling the story, she held me to her chest and told me not to be afraid. I had a bad dream, and it was over now. I could not tell if she was trying to convince me or herself. We walked together to my room, and she turned the lamp next to my bed on. My lamp was a hand-painted Lennox porcelain sculpture of a medieval castle, heavily detailed and adorned with a little green dragon. Standing next to the front gate was a tiny knight covered in plate mail and grasping a sword. My mom suggested that I sleep in my bed. She tucked me in and assured me I would be simply fine. She left the door slightly ajar and went back to her room. I heard the door to her bedroom shut quietly. James was on his back with his mouth agape, fast asleep. I passed out. The next morning, James was shocked when I told him the story. He'd slept through the whole scenario and was completely unaware that anything of the sort had taken place. We only lived in the house for another two years after that point, and nothing was ever so vivid or intense as what had happened that night. We continued to hear footsteps late at night, but other unusual quirks began to occur less and less over time. Once or twice, there was a bump in the attic. Eventually, the only strange thing that happened was the phantom footsteps. We got so used to hearing them that we never talked about them anymore. It's been over 15 years since I lived in that Milwaukee house, and revisiting the old events inspired me to do some research about the history of the house. Just a few weeks ago, I contacted a local historian asking if anyone had ever passed away there. He contacted me by mail, telling me that in 1973... A 24-year-old man had robbed a small store less than a mile from the property. When a police car happened to be passing by the store on his patrol, the man's getaway driver got scared and fled the scene. When the thief emerged to an empty parking lot, he ran, got about a half mile before the police spotted him. With nowhere to go, he jumped a fence a few blocks from the house and began darting through backyards of the neighborhood. The police took chase on foot and cornered him in what would later be our backyard. Guns drawn, the lawman shouted for the man to surrender. When he reached for a pistol, the police were forced to gun him down. He drew his final breath no more than 50 feet from what would become our back patio. 
I cannot help but wonder if the strange things we experienced in the house were related to this young man's untimely death. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Want a commercial-free experience of the show with access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories? Sign up at Apple Podcasts right now and try it for three days free. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.